Hawaii up for April 1st, 2005. Ah, I'm just a big toasty cinnamon bun. Aloha and kia ora. This is Hawaii Up, show number six. My name's Ryan. Mahalo anui loa. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, with a tip of the hat to the commute.org, I'm podcasting once again from the road. Currently heading home and still haven't yet seen what the traffic is like on the H1, but I can pretty much guarantee you it will afford me some time to ramble. So what do we got on the menu today? Well, for music, I was thinking I'll keep it really local, really independent, with something from a student at my alma mater, Mililani High School. We'll hear from the wife, as usual, chat a bit about movies. I've got a special Easter blank audio postcard, which I collected much to the chagrin of my wife. And we will, yes, this time talk a bit about podcasting, because uh, I was... Uh, blessed to be one of the guests on a Hawaii Public Radio program about podcasting with a couple of other podcasters, and I wanted to share a little bit about what we talked about behind the scenes before the show. And I did also want to tell you about a project, yet another project that I'm putting together that kind of ties together podcasting along with blogging and uh, vlogging or video blogging. So stay tuned for that. But first, as always, it's time for Hawaii Up Headlines, Around Hawaii, and Around the House. Now, this story was definitely the talk of the office. Uh, It happened yesterday. Actually, no, Tuesday. A guy was out running errands with his five-month-old daughter. I'm sure it was a pleasant family outing, but he stopped for some food at the Golden Coin Bakery in Liliha. Great place. Uh, Don't blame him for stopping there, but I guess he was in a rush, so he decided to leave his baby in the car with the keys in the ignition and with the engine running. And so shocking, uh, as shocking as it may seem, someone decided to take advantage of the situation, jumped in his car, and took off with the car and the baby. Now, to uh, get to the good news early, they did find the car and the baby in good condition 20 minutes later. The newspapers didn't print the family's name, but uh, the mother and the father were on TV looking quite relieved and uh, a little embarrassed. Uh, and, and, you know, it could, have gone, it could have gone really badly. It could have been a major tragedy. When the police found the car, the windows were up, the baby was sweaty. You know, Lord knows what would have happened had they not found the car quickly. Um... But still, it was difficult not to smirk a little when the police guy came on and uh, said very solemnly and very seriously that it's probably, probably not a good idea to leave your kid in the car for any reason. Now, you know, so good advice there. Thanks, Captain. Uh, you might be tempted to do that. You know, you think to yourself, I'm, I'm hungry and, and I've got a kid. I want to try that. But no, don't do that. Don't leave your kids in the car. Not a good idea. Now, actually, what that story really points to is crime here. It it sounds a little strange that that would happen. And a couple of months ago, we had a tour van get stolen with tourists still inside. So, you know, just so you know, it doesn't just happen to locals. But, uh, well, you know, Hawaii is a safe place, and Honolulu is a very safe city, especially considering that we're 
say, 15th or 20th uh, largest metropolitan area of the country, our violent crime rate is very low. I, you would have no qualms walking around here at night versus in any other city of comparable size. However, just because we don't have much violent crime, uh, property crime is a major problem. And in fact, Honolulu, I think, is in the top 10, perhaps in the top 5 for theft, robbery, auto theft, burglary. You know, it sounds like or it seems like there's a bank robbery every week here. Instead of violent crime, we have property crime, and that's the problem, but actually it's not the problem, because you look one level deeper, and it points at drugs. Specifically here in Hawaii, it points at crystal meth, or ice. You know, we're actually one of the ice capitals of the whole country, and ice is definitely an epidemic. We convene governmental seminars and conferences and roundtables and task forces. Uh, not that it's getting any better, but we sure talk about it a lot because it is a really prominent problem. Um, and, you know, ice is a funny drug. I know that it's not just, you know, crazy street people who fall into this stuff. You've got lawyers and doctors and teachers. It goes all the way up the economic ladder. And once you're hooked, it really, it really gets its hooks into you. And uh, one thing specifically about ice is that uh, it, it, it really makes you desperate and very reckless. So, you know, you want the drug and you're not thinking clearly, so you do stupid things and occasionally dangerous things. Now, ironically, the federal government's real interest here in Hawaii remains marijuana. They invest millions and millions of dollars eradicating marijuana plants, but you got to think about that. You know, at least marijuana kind of makes you dopey. It doesn't make you want to jump through a plate glass window or anything, so... Maybe the priorities need to be looked at there. And I, I'm jumping to conclusions, certainly. They didn't say that the guy who stole this car with the baby inside was a drug addict, or specifically that he was addicted to ice. But uh, it's just, you know, it's not really a wild guess. They say 95% of the people incarcerated or picked up for property crimes are addicted to ice. So, uh, you know, it's something that that's worth a lot of thought and worth looking at if you're interested in learning more. Uh, specifically hearing this story reminded me of a great series of articles the Star Bulletin did called Ice Storm, really looking at the different angles of the ice epidemic here. So, uh, well, I guess the real purpose of my rambling about the stolen car with the baby was to learn more about ice, and you can find it at the Star Bulletin site, or you can just Google for uh, Ice Storm Hawaii, I think. It'll be one of the top results. Now, what's going on at home? Not a heck of a lot. Katie's spring break is drawing to a close, and I'm happy to report that uh, Jen has survived and the population of our household remains at five. Um, you know, we've definitely been having an unusually high number of parties and birthday parties this month in March, and uh, this past weekend was one of the times where Jen and I had to split up to cover them all. I went to a birthday party at McDonald's with Katie for one of her classmates, I didn't know that it's okay to just leave your kids, so actually I ended up just staying there, me and the parents and a bunch of little kids, and I helped out with the crafts, and that was fun. Meanwhile, Jen went into town to visit with her uh, sister-in-law and her kids, and they did a little Easter egg hunt and stuff like that. Now, the interesting part of that day was when Jen was coming home, she had a blowout. Her tire exploded, basically, coming up H2. It... it it just came apart. It looked like a UFO with fur on it. Uh, and so she called me, and I grabbed Katie, and we uh, headed off to rescue her. But a stranger did stop to help her out. I'm sure that happens everywhere, but it's almost guaranteed here in Hawaii. 
So a guy, I think a military guy, pulled over and uh, helped change her tire. Now, this good deed is especially noteworthy because just by chance, just by stroke of luck, where Jen decided to pull over on the H2 just past the Kauka off-ramp, well, basically her car came to rest on top of the remains of some unidentified animal. Basically, she came to a stop on roadkill, so this guy had to basically do his work right over that, and, uh, you know, he didn't complain, didn't say anything, it was very nice, just did change the tire and, and took off. Now, I, I, we were very grateful, and I stopped him and I said, look, you know, how can I thank you? Is there anything I can do? And uh, he only had one request, he only had one thing to say when I asked, he said, well, you can be sure to go to church tomorrow. And that was Easter Sunday, so certainly we were going to do that, and I promised him, vowed to him, that we would do that. And uh, while perhaps we might not have, given how our morning was going on normal circumstances, we really did feel the right thing to do, Easter Sunday was to go to church. Actually, that brings me to this episode's blank audio postcard. So this will be a uh, snippet of Easter Sunday morning mass at Sacred Heart Cathedral, a very old historic cathedral uh, near Punahou in Makiki. Now, it used to be a block from where we used to live, so that's why we went, but now we live in Mulani, but we still drive 22 miles in every Sunday so we can go to church or so Katie can go to Sunday school. I should note, I'm not a religious person. I'm actually an atheist or maybe becoming a uh, confused agnostic, although I'm not sure if there's a difference. But Jen was raised Catholic. She's not even a practicing Catholic strictly. She's uh, She calls herself a reluctant Catholic or recovering Catholic. But we did decide, make a conscious decision to raise our children or to try to raise them in the Catholic faith. Not specifically because we want them to be Catholics, but we wanted them to have a groundwork or a, a, a base a default. How's that? A default religion. And uh, if later they decide to go ahead and reject that, become Satan worshippers, we'd be cool with that. But we wanted to give them something to start with. Anyway, uh, so we do go to church. I don't mind going. Uh, actually, a lot of times I'm the one that has to drag the rest of the family in. And I find it very interesting. It, it's, 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 it's an aspect of life that I didn't have as a kid that uh, I'm, I'm hungry to learn about. And it's occasionally entertaining and uh, sometimes creepy, so I, I just consider it a great uh, learning experience to go. Now, Catholicism is a is a very unusual flavor of Christianity. Well, actually, I'm sure you know this. It's uh, very ritualistic and uh, a lot of, well, weird beliefs. But one thing that I like about Sacred Heart is, you know, it's certainly not a, an Orthodox Catholic church. There's nothing in Latin. And uh, it's also one of those churches that a lot of the things that other churches recite or chant, I'm not sure what the right word is, uh, they sing. I'm sure it makes some really traditionalist Catholics uh, go nuts, but singing is good. I enjoy singing, and uh, definitely so do, so do my kids. So this postcard is, I think, of Gloria, a regular part of the Catholic Mass, but sung instead of read. And uh, you'll definitely hear my kids in there at one point getting restless. Uh, but enjoy. Just uh, think Easter. Think whatever you want to think. If you don't believe in Easter or Jesus, just think of Easter eggs. And uh, enjoy Sacred Heart Cathedral Sunday, Easter Sunday Mass as I take off home.
was. Now, wasn't that uh, religious experience? That was Easter Sunday morning mass at Sacred Heart Cathedral, 2005. And uh, what next? Okay. Well, actually, first I need to merge. Thank you. And let's get to the music. Music is good. Now, this guy, I found him just by chance on purevolume.com. Now, purevolume.com is a great site. It's really built to showcase independent uh, artists and bands. I mean, really independent. A lot of uh, home garage projects. And uh, this guy's name is Dexter. And it turns out he lives in my town, in Mililani. And in fact, he is still a student. He's a junior at my alma mater, Mililani High School. And uh, Dexter does music. He, he does art and writing, but he says music is his main thing. And Emerson is his music project. He uh, graciously let me share his music with you here on What Up. He also let me know that uh, he's just started recording for a compilation album being put out by Neos Productions. Neos Productions, uh, is uh, they've been around a while. They, they showcase a lot of independent artists, so he'll be working with them. And he's also working on a home-produced EP of Emerson. So uh, without further ado, here's uh, my neighbor, Dexter, and his Emerson project. The song is called The Scarlet Deluge. It's about two and a half minutes long. Please enjoy. I'll see you on the other side.
And that was The Scarlet Deluge by Emerson, the solo acoustic project by Milani High School student Dexter Carolino. As I mentioned, he's got an EP coming out, and he'll also be on an upcoming compilation out of Neos Productions, so watch for those. And uh, you can check him out and drop him a line. Tell him you heard him here on Hawaii Up. He's at uh, purevolume.com slash Emerson. He's also got a MySpace page. All the cool kids are on MySpace. MySpace.com slash Emerson H-I. Of course, for your convenience, I'll have those links for you in the show notes at hawaiiup.com. And what's next? Well, let's let's check in with the wife. It's time for the Pith of Pop of the Podcast Edition with Jen. How's it going, Jen? Hi. So we've got another movie edition because, of course, we've finished up our Netflix queue allotment for the month of March, and uh, we saw three films. Yeah, we did. We saw the two Jason Bourne movies, and we saw something called Shaolin Soccer. All right, so first let's tackle the uh, big Hollywood uh, blockbuster. What do you think about uh, the Bourne films, Bourne Identity and Bourne Supremacy? That's right. Actually, I, I liked them both. I, I liked um, Bourne Identity slightly more than I liked the second one, but overall, it's they're kind of not your typical spy flick. They're a lot more cerebral, and there's a lot more going on than you know your typical like James Bond or Tom Clancy type film. I I really liked the basic premise, which was someone who was trained as a killing machine, but then forgetting what his job was, and then just waking up one day and finding himself with all of these fantastic skills, the ability to fight and the ability to speak different languages, and he doesn't know why. Yeah, I liked the way they slowly brought in the skills that he learned, and you know the the look on Matt Damon's face every time he realized that he knew how to do something was really good. He's he was he did quite a lot with it. I was impressed. Now, in comparing the two films, you said you liked the first one better. Yeah, I did. Why is that? It felt more thinky. It felt more like there was more going on that you had to process, whereas Born Supremacy was more more of an action film. I th- I thought the same thing, but in a way, my preference was for the second one. I thought the first one was definitely more cerebral, more moody shots, more thoughtful moments, and a lot of uh, long stares, whereas the second film, Born Supremacy, had an almost non-stop, not relentless, but a continual strong pace, a lot of action all the way through. Yeah, it did. Quite a few car chases in the second one. Actually, there were good car chases in both, and of course, I'm a sucker for car chases. <laughs> A large part of the first film, The Bourne Identity, was the relationship that built between uh, Jason Bourne, Matt Damon's character, and uh, an innocent bystander who becomes an ally, uh, Marie. Right. Played by... Franca Potente. She was in Run, Lola, Run, one of my favorite movies. Very good film. Yeah, it was a great film. And you and, and basically that relationship is not existent in the second film, The Bourne Supremacy. Right. Now, was there anyone else in either Bourne films that uh, really caught your eye? There was Chris Cooper in the first one. So Chris Cooper, uh, what what else was he in? American Beauty. He was the angry dad in American Beauty. He was also in Seabiscuit, and I believe he was in The Patriot, too, as Mel Gibson's kind of sidekick. And what did you like about his performance in the Bourne Identity? He was very intense, very Dustin Hoffman hand-wringing intense. I loved him. He was great. So um, let's just take both Born films, Born Identity and Born Supremacy, as a pair. Um, out of five stars, what would you give them? Four and a half. 
that's that's pretty good. Uh, the other film that we saw was Shaolin Soccer, which is in a way pretty much the opposite of a um, big Hollywood blockbuster. Although um, when Miramax did redistribute in the United States, they did a lot of cleaning up um, to make it a little less um, rough around the edges. What did you think about Shaolin Soccer? I thought it was hilarious. It's a perfect parody of all those um, kung fu movies, and it just had a great sense of humor and a great spirit. And it was just really fun. I loved it. It kind of struck me that it was a cheesy kung fu movie that was made with the full understanding of what makes a cheesy kung fu movie. Yeah, a lot of winking and giggling. You know, you could sense that they were having fun with the idea of making a kung fu movie. And the basic premise was good, too, which is why limit your kung fu skills to just kung fu? Right. I'm... There's a really funny scene where they're trying to come up with practical applications for Shaolin and, and they're trying to parallel park using Shaolin and, and performing in a nightclub. Just It was really, really funny. So as a whole, you like Shaolin soccer? I did. I liked it a lot. You know, I saw Kill Bill a couple years ago and I loved it. I, it was one of my favorite films of that year and I loved this movie as much and between the two of them, I've actually become kind of interested in seeing all of the classic kung fu martial arts films. So we'll be adding that to our Netflix queue? Yeah, I think so. So Shaolin Soccer, um, how many stars out of five? Four and a half. Wow, two four and a half stars. So three winners of films this time on the Pith of Pop with Jen. Four and a half stars for Born Identity, Born Supremacy, and Shaolin Soccer. And uh, with that from Alex, I guess it's time to say goodnight. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Jen. My pleasure. Okay. Well, I hope you'll all forgive me. It's been a while anyway, so we're a little overdue, actually, for some podcasting talk. Now, last week, I got to join two other local podcasters to talk about podcasting on Hawaii Public Radio's Town Square Talk show. While HPR does have a separate technology talk show, and I'm sure they will tackle podcasting, Town Square host Beth Ann Kozlovich is very open to... Well, geeky topics. She has geeky friends. And definitely when you can tie the topic into issues surrounding media, she's there. So I was there with Todd the Geek of GeekNewsCentral.com and uh, Bert Lum, the Digital Wanderer, who podcasts the Rough Take Show at BiteMarks.blogspot.com. And uh, we had a great, wide-ranging discussion. We got as technical as trying to explain RSS feeds, which isn't easy, I'll tell you, to really philosophical, like what kind of a world is it if everyone's living in their cocoons with their iPods and only listening to what they like and only listening to things they agree with rather than exposing themselves to new ideas. So, you know, big questions and small questions alike. We talked about it all. Town Square does post their shows online as MP3s. They're high-quality, hour-long MP3s, so it's a 55-megabyte file. But if you're curious, and it is a good listen... I'll have the link to where you can get it at the show notes at hawaiiup.com. You should also know that if you like the show in general, Hawaii Association of Podcasters founder Larry Geller makes a podcasting feed that links to all those MP3 files as they go up. So you can find that at townsquarehawaii.blogspot.com. But I couldn't resist the chance to get some of the behind-the-scenes things down on the record for the history books or history MP3s. So I whipped out my voice recorder, well, actually I whipped out this voice recorder and just recorded what Todd, Bert, and I talked about before being summoned into the studio by Beth Ann, 
So let's listen in. Here's what I got. If, if, if it was a perfect world and they turned the studio completely over to us and we just each took turns saying what it is we wanted to have said, uh, what, what would you like to have come out of this, Todd? Anybody can do this. And it's just have fun doing it. If you're not having fun, that's the main thing I'm saying about this whole deal. If you're not having fun doing this, you know, Yeah, well, you know, the, thing, the, is, the thing is, to me, it's like, you know, here's my recording studio. Right? Yeah, I mean, right it's, there. It's not anything fancy, just like in this art school's MP3 And, and I know recorder. you guys can't see that. He's got like a three-by-three three little box. Yeah, and uh, to me, you know, you just took this whole sort of like radio station. That's right. And, and punched it up into, it. A little, into a little device like this. You record your MP3. And, and what's beautiful about that is people can take that same little device and, and listen sync up and listen to it yeah, automatically. Yeah, yeah. And it's... It's not I mean, you can you can get you know pretty uh, elaborate. That's right? right. You can set up your own little home studio and yep. get the mic. And yeah, you want to talk about elaborate? You have to look at Todd's yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also went after. I, I, you know, I'm also going after quality too. I want, I want oh, yeah. quality sound. But um, again, right here, this is. I think this is what Adam records his show on. Is that's the I River? It's a little. That's an I River, like an MP3. It's an IP790. Yeah, and it's got a great audio in um, capability. It records it. Uh, a sample rate at 44.1. And have you done any... Uh, no. You haven't done any remote I recording? use this as a backup. This uh -huh. is my backup in my office. Or it used to be my backup. Now my mini's the backup. Now, Bert, you've got... Uh, you've done eight podcasts now, and most of them while traveling to very remote locations where an iPod is probably an unknown site. Well, what, what excites you about it? Well, to me, it's like, uh, you know, being able to communicate to whoever's, whoever wants to listen stuff that you're doing and yeah. you know you might be doing just the oddball kinds of stuff yeah. like I was you know on a, on a re <coughs> uh, recording trickling the sound of trickling water or the sound of waves washing up on the beach and, right. and um, you know you can be as remote as you want to be but you can still feel like you're still sort of in touch or yeah. at least offering the option to be in touch with others you know yeah. if they want to download and listen to your podcast so to me it's um it's like bringing the world a little closer, you know. Like, you know, you wouldn't think of podcasting out of out of the Marshall Islands, but you know, funny thing, I as soon as I did those podcasts, um, the um, the Marshallese sort of like portal called Yakwe.com googled something and came up with my podcast and then put it up on their website. Right, that's pretty cool. And I thought, wow, that's yeah. That's and, they, and they and they backhauled it back to them so people could but, easily but, get but to it. But the guys who do um, Yakwe.com are are like in the on the mainland, so uh -huh. they're already you know they these are like Marshallese that are expat. They're right. they're mm -hmm. in the U.S. So there's a community. There's a community that already exists, but they're already outside and and they use the internet as a way to keep you know keep in touch with each other. So. Um, would you like something to take with you in the studio? Drink. A drink. Oh, am I allowed? Yeah, sure. Yes, as long as you don't burp into my mic. Okay. okay. And the key is keeping me from coughing. That's going to be the well, trick. Well, you have a cough switch. Oh, good. So, I'm gonna as you need to, obviously that won't stop the ambient from right, right, right. reaching all of us, but at least it won't be the... <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Water's good. Water's great. And I promise you won't have to beat me on a seven-second delay. I yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, podcasts... You don't beat my guest until the second or third time, so Bert should look out. Okay. Bert's in trouble. Yeah, Bert's in trouble. Big time. I'm here for the color, you know. I'm not going to... Oh, right. That was really bad. Anyway, 
Anyway, we can move into the studio. All right, Be let's... Be careful as you walk in because this is not social Man, I tell you, that Beth Ann is a riot. Anyway, I'm home now, back in the home studio. Jen just went to bed after shopping her heart out on the iTunes store. Today was our 11th anniversary, and although I took her out to dinner and bought her some flowers, the thing she wanted the most was iTunes credit. So she's got 50 bucks to blow. She's about 30 bucks into it. Um, now I see we're pushing into our 29th minute, but uh, we're going to just have to go along because I did want to tell you about my new little project. Now, when I first started Hawaii Up, I mentioned that I did see podcasting as the natural expression to my online journal which isn't to say, you know, just some twisted form of techno-exhibitionism, but rather another significant form of individual expression, even if what's being expressed isn't particularly compelling. Journals or blogs or uh, where everyday people, uh, they write, they use words to tell stories. Podcasting, everyday people are using sounds, their voices, again, to express themselves or to share something. And uh, the third leg of the stool, if you will, is video blogging or vlogging. I hope they come up with a better word for that, but it's the same thing with video, moving pictures and sound. So anyway, in all of these media, people are are using it in, in very different ways. Talking about their kids, spotting off about politics, exposing government corruption, taking on corporations. When you say blogs, you know it covers all kinds of things, including the guy who posts about his trip to the Star Trek convention uh, and the journalist wannabes who took on Trent Lott or took down Dan Rather. So, you know, people often confuse the medium with the different messages. That's natural. Uh, when I started fixating on those three channels, though, I wondered, why isn't there a community site that uh, looks at all three together, and specifically the shared phenomenon that I find the most exciting, which is people getting access to the tools to create, to express, to the point where what's out there is so diverse, so representative, uh, that I mean, I don't know what the end result is, but maybe specifically that the production and especially the control of creative content, you know, the music industry, the television or movie industries, the publishing industry, it's not a viable business model in and of itself anymore because people are doing all that stuff for themselves. So I started working on a site, a very simple one at voxmedia.org, vox meaning voice. I was trying to find a name that, that said personal or individual and crossed media types, but, uh, well, besides media, of course, but Vox is what stuck in my head, even if it implies sound. Vox Media has three focuses, or foci, <laughs> text, audio, and video, or blogging, podcasting, and vlogging. Uh, and there are three parts to the site that cover each of those channels. There's a forum, because I love forums, uh, wiki, because you know, why build your own collection of articles and resources when others can help build it alongside you? And uh, a news blog that basically tracks writings and articles and and deep thinking about personal media creation and what it all means. So Vox Media will be a community site all about the people behind the technology. And you know me, I just love online communities. I, I just go nuts for them. I know each of these groups have thriving communities. Bloggers, obviously, are interacting like you wouldn't believe. Um, but in a way, because I think bloggers, podcasters, and vloggers are all doing the same thing, if we all mingled occasionally under the same roof, we might have some really great conversations and do some wonderful things. So voxmedia.org, uh, it's really broad and vague, so Lord knows if it'll actually be interesting to anybody, but... 
that was my thinking leading up to it. And I'm really struggling. You know, I'm trying to come up with a word that covers all of this stuff. You know, I've heard uh, disruptive technologies, but that's only if you assume that we're going to overthrow uh, mass media. So I don't think that's really the point. And uh, I've heard citizen media, but in a way that's a little strange because you don't want to, I don't know, exclude non-citizens. And uh, so what's the opposite of mass media? You know, I've been starting to say masses media, the the media of the masses by the masses, but I think that's a little cheesy. So I'm pretty sure there's a trademark technology company name or something that says exactly what I want to say, uh, but uh, I just didn't get the press release. So what do you call it? I don't know. So please check out voxmedia.org, start a conversation, contribute to the wiki, and uh, let me know what you think. And uh, I, I think that's it for this show. We definitely went along. Thanks for hanging in there. Before I go, I did want to send greetings and thanks to some of you who have written to introduce yourselves or tell me what you think of, of Hawaii Up. I really do love it when uh, these these audio messages of mine, these cyber bottles, uh, wash up somewhere unexpected and someone responds. So, uh, fond aloha to Dorothy of Santa Monica, Chaz in Virginia, Lee in Atlanta, absolutely. Been there from the beginning, uh, Darren in Suffolk, England, and uh, definitely to you, especially to you, for letting me into your ears. And if you want to say anything, please drop me a line, comments at hawaiiup.com, or call the listener line at 808-356-0127. Thanks for listening. Ma Lama Pono, take care. Until next time, ahui ho.